who, in your mind, who's the starting other guard? First of all, did you say Obre Jr.? Come on, bro. It's Obre Jr. Man, get it together. First of all, you got to get the names right. Okay. You get your names right say. for all these stats well, you do? First you of all, right? you know, Anthony wants the big, everyone's got the big three. Anthony wants like the big ten. <laughs> five. So I would do. Just give me a starting five. What do you, what do you think? Like, okay. You know? Okay. All right. Stop the shenanigans. <laughs> all of a sudden. Welcome to the Maristats Podcast. How's everybody doing tonight? As always, we got the three-man weave, myself, Kobe, Billy. Gentlemen, good evening. What's going on? What's up, boys? How's everybody's week treating you? Good. So far, so good. Nice, nice. Well, we will not waste any time. We'll jump right in because we got lots of stats facts, and other crap that we want to get into uh, this week's pod. Real quick, we're just going to drop a little NBA schedule uh, as it pertains to the Lakers. There were some games that were released today. Uh, The Lakers, once again, will be playing on opening night, a TNT doubleheader. They'll host the Warriors um, at 7 o'clock on October the 19th. And the marquee, what could be the biggest game of the first half of the season kind of anticipated this right expected lakers nets on christmas day that's the 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 key primetime game at 5 p.m so that should be fantastic i love the, oh yeah uh, i love that we're not playing the clippers again to start off yeah the right finally something different yeah, yeah pr- probably wasn't probably wasn't going to be the same without Kawhi, you know and uh and of course patrick beverly you know we needed him there <laughs> I'm uh, hoping that relief. everyone stays healthy. <laughs> I'm hoping everyone stays healthy on the Nets and on the Lakers, and that should be a hell of a game Christmas Day. Oh, man. For, forget Christmas Day. That, that needs to be the finals, and, and we all deserve that as NBA fans. Yeah, I agree. I'm 100% right. It's rare that we agree, Kobe, but you're right on that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, keeping that in mind, let's jump right into some of our hot Laker topics this week. Um, a hot topic, uh, still gaining steam, being talked about on the internet and all the sports radio shows and across the internet. Uh, still a lot of flexibility with the Lakers roster, still a lot of talk about the roster spots. So the Lakers still have three open roster spots. The question is, do the Lakers need to add another piece? And if so, who should they add? Billy, you get to go first. There's no advantage gained. I okay. I know. <laughs> Sorry, I just couldn't. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, rumor is you know they're looking for a a point guard and another wing. Um, all three of us seem to like Ennis, which uh, I believe would be a nice pickup. Point guard wise, I know they worked out it today. Uh, guy from uh, shoot, who is that guy from uh, Brooklyn? Mike James? Yeah. It worked out those two guys today. I mean, nothing's for sure. I think, honestly, a lot of guys are uh, probably just going to see how the summer league and training camps and stuff pan out. Like J.J. Reddick saying he's not going to even come into training camp on any team. And he'll probably join someone later on down the road. So I'm not looking for anything big or very impactful to happen within the next, you know, few weeks. 
Now, Billy, if, if who, who would you want to add? If, if one player, two player, do you have a, a preference? I like Ennis. Um, I am partial to IT because I know you're not a fan of him, but when he's healthy, you know, I love him. He Look what he did in Boston before, you know, even when he was injured, he was still playing out. And, and don't get it twisted. It's not because he's balling out in pro-am games. That's not why. I've, I've always been a fan of him, and uh, I think he can bring a lot to the table. Um, I just know, you know, the Lakers are looking to go get as deep as possible because of what happened last year as far as injuries are concerned. So they want to have as much backup as we can on the bench, people that can just step in and take over as opposed to, you know, scrapping, trying to find guys to go in there and playing around with the roster so much. So um, if we can get like an IT and like, uh, you know, like I said, I like Ennis too. I think those two would be a big help coming off the bench. Okay. Yeah. Depth, uh, certainly a theme of what the Lakers have, you know, put together here, obviously being 12 deep. Uh, Kobe, what do, what do you think? What would you like to see? I mean, to be honest, like it, it feels like th- this whole team is brand new. And uh, uh, I mean, we brought in so many different guys. It's going to be a challenge just out the gate, just to kind of get everybody to mesh as it is. I mean, I guess we could, we could add another piece or two. It looks like we're kind of guard heavy, not really sure, um, you know, what position we would bring in. I actually think, I feel like we should bring in another big, but, you know, I did see the reports that we, we worked out IT, Darren Collison, another local guy out of mm-hmm. Rancho Cucamonga. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know was was someone you've always liked, Anthony. And, you know, I wouldn't mind Darren Collison as well, but he hasn't played in the league a few years. IT, we know he does his thing on offense, kind of a liability on defense, but he's, you know, a showstopper and, He's been on the Lakers before, you know, so, you know, how we like to hire the next Lakers. So, um, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I think maybe another big, did, I, what, whatever happened with uh, JaVale, did he go to another team already? Uh, Phoenix. Oh, he's on Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking maybe another <laughs> JaVale. I mean, you know, any, anybody from that last team that won the title, I mean, you know, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, I would say another big, um, that would be my thoughts. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the only big out there probably worth anything is Millsap, but he's older I don't know if he really fits your mold of, of the bigs that you're describing. Um, I, I think that my biggest concern with the roster is like we talked about last week is getting everybody enough minutes where they can always be at, at their peak best when called upon. So I feel like it might be a challenge to be the 14th guy on a roster. Cause he's not going to get consistent minutes. I think a guy like Ennis is perfect because he is a three and D guy, but he doesn't require a lot of minutes, right? He could play once a week and you're going to get what you get out of him. I do like Collison, but you're right. I mean, he is older now, obviously he hasn't played, but we did try to get him a couple of years ago, if you remember, yeah. um, but he's been out of the league now. Uh, I know there's been talk about bringing back Rondo. That's kind of interesting only because he's another guy that wouldn't require minutes to be valuable. So I, I look at depth by, what can you do without requiring roster minutes that's going to pull away from the guys that we want on the floor? So, so yeah, yeah definitely and, and, interesting. And really quick to add on to that too, you know, I heard Trevor Lane saying earlier today that whoever it is, um, you know, it doesn't matter the position. We just need them bought into their role. And I think that is going to be important um, more, more so this year than, than past years, just because we have all these stars on one team and we're going to, 
have to try to figure that out, you know. So definitely another good solid role player would uh, would be the best bet as opposed to, I mean, when you said peace on the agenda here, I'm assuming another uh, semi-star of some sort. So, but I, I think a solid role player would probably be better fit at this point. Yeah. Well, so that, that kind of leads us into, you know, our other, you know, hot point here. Uh, what should the actual Laker rotation look like if you were the coach you got to have a consistent rotation. What's your rotation? How many guys and what does it look like? Kobe, take the mic. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, you know, we've talked about it, you know, in the past pods that it's a, it's a lot of positionless basketball, you know. Um, but I, I definitely would like to see Vogel sticking more with some, some lineups consistently rather than switching it up. Um, not not doing too too much and uh, you know maybe maybe doing uh, I don't know I would say eight 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 to nine guys consistently you know each night obviously we know it's going to be uh, LeBron Russ Mello um, I would love to see Dwight in the starting lineup and uh, you know maybe even maybe even Ariza you know um, th- those those five would would be a a pretty tight core, I would say. And, um, you know, get your, get your rotation guys in there. Uh, Nun, Monk, Bazemore. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say, uh, maybe a consistent eight to nine guys, uh, each night and, and roll with that. Okay. Now that could be difficult adding two more pieces because it's already difficult because we got 12 guys and you want to play eight or nine. So it's definitely going to be a challenge uh, for the coaching staff. Billy, what, what do you think? What's your rotation look like? And I think I want to go a little bit lengthier rotation just because you want to give guys like LeBron Davis, you know, the rest. So you want to limit their minutes as much as we can um, at the same time, keeping them, you know, fresh or uh, in a good rhythm and stuff. So um, I, and to Kobe's thing on Dwight, I kind of, I wouldn't mind Dwight starting, but at the same time, I think I'd rather have Mark in. I'd like to have Dwight bring that spark off the bench and uh, maybe using him in closing time defensively and rebounding and stuff like that. I know he's a liability at the free throw line, but just defensively, you know, in the rim and grabbing the crucial rebounds and stuff. um, I think I'd rather have him coming off the bench and bringing a spark and using him in the closing lineups. Um, I like Russ, Ellington, Braun, and uh, Davis as well starting. And then you bring – you know, Carmelo, Carmelo, Ariza. Sorry Kobe, pipe that. down. Billy's trying to talk. Na- neighbor's dog's going on off crazy. I was about to say, that's not right. even my dog. <laughs> I know, right? The dog don't like what you're saying, Bill. Yeah, they must, <laughs> I guess not, or something. No, another dog walked by. But anyway, I got problems. Um, <laughs> man, All right, I well, I... off my thoughts. So, but yeah, no, I mean. I, I think you're right on. I like Baysmore too coming out, but I don't. Like I said, I, I like to go with a longer rotation, more like a ten to eleven. You know, because playoff time you usually go eight to nine. So I think regular season just to give guys rest and stuff like that. I think you do you do a longer rotation. Yeah, I I definitely see a lot of experimenting with the rotation uh, that Vogel's going to try to do, especially if they bring on a couple more veterans. I see a solid 10-man rotation for sure, and you, you sprinkle in uh, a different player maybe every couple games into that 10-man rotation. 
Um, I agree with you. I like Ellington and Gasol in the starting lineup. I think Dwight is perfect for that, you know, sort of hammer off the bench. And I, my only concern with adding players in the rotation, however you want to dice it up, is I want none and Monk, you know, to really get their fair shot of minutes and kind of I see envision a rotation at the guard position. Yeah, I mean, THT, I know they have a lot of, supposedly they're saying they have a lot of plans for THT this year. I don't know how much playing time or how they're going to use them. I mean, obviously, I'm sure we'll have three guard, three guard lineups and stuff throughout. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how they're going to planning on mixing him in. Yeah, so, but I, I think you're right. I think a 10-man rotation is probably what we're going to see. Um, all right, keep it moving here. Uh, let's let's hit one more uh, kind of hot Laker topic. This is going to be talked about, obviously, for you know from now till you know the midway point of the season. But right now, which team do you guys think poses the biggest threat to the Lakers in the West? I think we're all in agreement that as long as the Lakers stay healthy, we 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 should be able to come out of the West. But who's that biggest threat, Kobe? What do you think? Well. Uh... I don't know if I would say if we're all healthy, because if we're assuming that Golden State is 100 percent healthy as well, um, I don't know that that I say Golden State um, health or not. That's that's uh, that's a team that's won three titles that. um, Oh, my God, they're dangerous. They're they're the most dangerous team in the West, in my opinion, Uh, you know, with with Clay coming back. I know he hasn't played in in a year, but I mean, he's still relatively pretty young and Steph and. Draymond with his leadership. I mean, I know Draymond doesn't shoot the three anymore like he was really in, you know, that first uh, championship or two. But um, you you can't doubt and deny experience. It's what we've been talking about. It's been like the crutch of our arguments with the Lakers this year is, oh, well, they're old, they're old, they're old, but they got all this experience. You know, well, if that's the case, well, then who's got more titles in Golden State aside from us, really? You know, so (laughs) I, I say Golden State. Okay. Okay. Billy? Well, with Kawhi not playing, um, I mean, Kobe has a good point with Golden State. They haven't played with each other in a while. So it it might take them a minute to get back into a rhythm that, you know, they were in before. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do about Wiggins, but that's another conversation. Utah's still going to be up there. They're going to be tough. I don't think they're going to, you know, run away with the – Western Conference, like they did last year, or Phoenix, but um, then you got to remember Denver's coming back too, and uh, you know they're going to be healthy with Murray back and stuff like that. So I think you know Lakers, Utah, Phoenix, Denver, those are your top five, and then everyone else is going to fight it out, you know, for the last three. I don't know. It's yeah. tough. I can't really say right now. It's too early. I, I'd have to see how people come out playing and stuff like that. Like you said, this is going to be an ongoing, like, oh, you know, one month one month is going to be this team. One month is going to be the other team. Or, you know, when it gets closer to the playoffs, week by week, oh, now they're the biggest threat. Now they're the biggest threat. Oh, this guy went down. Oh, no. And then once Anthony's done trading half of the Lakers midseason, you know, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, when, when I get Dame on this team, we'll, 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 we'll change things around. But I, I, I think, I think, I think you guys are right. Of, of course, it's, it's, it's going to, you know, be an ongoing thing that's going to fluctuate, but I still 
think Phoenix and Utah probably pose the biggest threats. Utah, I actually think, quietly got a lot better by adding Whiteside, um, by adding um, Rudy Gay. So I think that they could actually be, on paper, the biggest threat. I think Denver, yes, you're right, but Jamal's going to be brought along slowly, just like with Golden State. They're going to bring Clay along slowly. They're not going to throw him out there 40 minutes a night, and the rest of the team's very young. So it's going to be interesting with all those rookies to see how they bring Clay along and get that talent rolling. But but you're right, just just food for thought here to to, to spark spark some early conversations. Um, all right, let's let's dive into a few more NBA centric topics. Uh, I, I think you guys are all aware. Uh, Netflix released a new documentary on the Malice at the Palace, the legendary 2004 game that turned into a street fight. Uh, we all watched it. Uh, just want to get your guys' thoughts really quick. Billy, what did you uh, think of the film? I liked it. I mean, it gave you a little more insight than what you just saw from, you know, news outlets and stuff like that. They were just throwing all the players under the bus. I mean, the fans, they got to be controlled as well. You, you, you know, you can't be throwing stuff at players. And to this day, you know, we saw last year that uh, water bottles being thrown and stuff like that. And, Hey, if you throw it to at the wrong guy, this can still happen in this day and age, given there's probably more security and stuff now than there was back then, but it can still happen. You know, there's, we as fans have to be accountable. We, we, we go to games, be responsible and, you know, don't think we just because we buy a ticket, we can just get away with whatever we want, you know? Mm-hmm. And as far as, you know, like that, they showed that one thing where that guy came down on the, on the court and Jermaine O'Neal, or uh, Ron Artest walked up and suddenly there's a guy in the court, this, you know, he saw his fist clinch and Ron Artest right away threw a blow. Everyone's like, Oh, well, that was wrong. Well, no, the guy was on the court. There's no way he should have been down there. And he had his fist like, like he was about to do something. So what, what do you, as a player, what are you going to do? You're going to try to protect yourself and you're going to take action first. And he was on the show trying to play the victim, the fan and stuff like that. But I called BS on that and, he should have never been down there anyway. But there are some things we didn't know and interesting stuff. I, I liked it. I thought it was a good doc and gave a little more insight to what the original media was uh, making it out to be. Yeah, you're, you're right. De- definitely interesting to not see a lot of security present on the court during those uh, clips. Especially for a game uh, like that where you know there's there's a rivalry. Mm-hmm. and a, You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah that was definitely – Definitely something that you kind of thought that's a little odd. Um, Kobe, what, what did you think about the flick? Well, before I even uh, give my take on it, it was funny because uh, I got home the other night and I, I asked Esme, I said, hey, babe, you want to watch this new uh, documentary on Netflix? It's called Malice at the Palace, the untold story. And she looked at me all like confused and she was like, is Princess Diana in it? <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh my god, no, not that kind of palace. Um, I was, I was like, no, the one with the bra with Ron Artest, you know, Ron Artest is right. She's like, yeah, yeah, no meta world peace. I'm like, oh, okay, good, thank God. But uh, <laughs> we watched it, we checked it out. It, it was cool. Um, I definitely liked it. I, I, you know, like Ron Artest said, look, like I don't, I don't have problem, uh, a problem being held accountable for my actions, but I want it all out there. I want, I want to be, I want everybody to see what really went on frame by frame, the things we were going through as a team, as players. Um, and I thought it, it, I thought it did a good job at, at showing some things that I, I didn't know that, you know, I was like, Oh dang, that is kind of crazy. You know, um, one of the, one of the things that I, that one of the 
well, I guess I shouldn't say funny, but it was kind of funny thing to me to hear was how cold like David Stern was, you know, because there was one part where where the reporters were asking him, hey, uh, the decision to suspend our test for the season, was that unanimous? And he's like, yep, it was unanimous. One to nothing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, meaning he he was. Yeah, he was the one in control and made that decision and, uh, you know, uh, made sure that nobody was going to do that again. So um it 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 was it was cool to see i liked it i thought um everybody was held accountable to what they needed to be held accountable to for for their part and their role in it and i mean it's just unprecedented you can't you can't predict something like that's going to happen who knows how people might act uh after the fact or in hindsight or whatever but you know it it is what it is and uh yeah that was something billy that that you brought up that i was like dang like this stuff was kind of just happening last postseason you know like still Mm -hmm. to this day it's crazy so you, you would yeah, think people after, after, maybe after seeing this, people's, you know, think, have a second thought about doing what they're doing in the stands. But at the same time, I mean, as a player, you know, you got to try to, in the back of your head, be like, yeah, you know, these fans, you just got to let it go one year out the other type of thing. But I mean, th- we're all human and this is going to be a night where you, you just push someone's button and they had a bad game or who knows what's going on in their life. And, you know, yeah. same thing can possibly happen you don't know what players are going through you know they're all human as well they're not just robots out there playing a game everyone's human and hey anyone yeah, can have and, a, and, you and, push that button and hey you never know and i don't think at that time really you know obviously uh mental health and depression and all that stuff was not ever talked about at all you know oh. so so imagine that now nowadays i mean it's talked about like you know all the time so back then i'm sure there was just as many people going through it, it just was, you know, uh, behind the scenes. So you could, you could definitely see how it all kind of transpired. Well, no one had a clue. Ron was just, no one had a clue why Ron was the way he was because no one understood that type of thing, you know? And uh, now that, you know, there's more information and stuff out there than, and a better understanding of stuff like that, then, you know, maybe it'll make things a little better now, but yeah, back then no one, no one had a clue. Yeah, yeah, I I I think um, <clears throat> you guys bring up a lot of great points. The thing that I always uh, think about when I remember that game was, <clears throat> as crazy as it was, I'm almost surprised that it only happened once, just because of you know, how crazy fans are and you know the world we live yep. in and you know all the other crazy things that we, that we see in the world now. It, sometimes it surprises me that it only happened once. You know, thankfully, but uh, from that documentary, <clears throat> excuse me, documentary specifically i thought the footage was great i really enjoyed reggie miller's perspective because you know he wasn't you know involved in the actions but he was obviously a key part of that team and the persona of that team right what that team was trying to accomplish they were very good they thought they were going to win a championship that year so it was interesting Mm -hmm. to see it from you know reggie's perspective as somebody in, you know, in on the team, but a little bit outside looking in, not one of the, the three key members. Yeah. And, you know, kind of to hear the, uh, you know, uh, guys like Jermaine O'Neal talk about, you know, uh, more so than we, you know, friends. So this whole notion that we're all going to fight is just, you know, silly. And, you know, and 
fans just kind of feed off of that and think, oh, these guys are going to go to blows, but these we're not going to go to blows. We're going to go have dinner, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's something that in today's game, we know because we see it with social media and exactly. you know, all that, but we didn't <laughs> exactly. see it then. And you wouldn't know that, you know, now that was probably part of the business to build these up as rivalries and stuff. But, but yeah, yeah. That, that's something that's definitely yeah. changed. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, let's keep, let's keep the pace uh, flowing here. Um, another uh, topic so Bleacher Report had put out, you know, uh, a little thing earlier in the week about the top, um, the top big threes in the NBA. It got a lot of buzz, uh, you know, because I had the Lakers at number three. So I'm just curious what you guys think are maybe the top five big threes in the NBA right now. Kobe, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, I mean, if we're going strictly off Bleacher Reports, uh, you know, tweet. Uh, you know, I agree with what's in there for the most part, uh, but I would change the order a little bit. My, my top five big threes from, uh, as an objective of a standpoint as I can give is I will put the Nets at number one, Katie, Kyrie and Harden. Mm -hmm. I will put yep. the Lakers at number two, LeBron, Russ and AD. I will put the Warriors at number three, Steph, Clay and Draymond. I will put the Bucks at four, Giannis, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and I will put the Suns at number five, CP3, Booker, and Aiton. Um, I mean, that's that's just – that's me, like, in my mind doing that uh, uh, force ranking and the eye test and taking past championships into consideration. Um, yeah, that's that's just the top five. That's the ranking I see it as, so. Okay, okay. Cool. Uh, Billy? I pretty much agree with that. I think, I think Bleacher Report put – the Bucks three up at the two spot just because first of all they're champions and second of all that no one has seen you know Russ Braun and AD play together yet so until that happens we can get a more of an idea of how that's going to work out I mean everyone agrees the Nets big three are up there um, yeah I would I would still put. Partial being partial to the Lakers, I would have to put the Lakers second, but I kind of agree on on why uh, Milwaukee would be second right now. As of now, I would probably have to say Milwaukee, and then Lakers, and then. Uh, oh, I actually Dang, you're put you're putting Lakers third, Billy, because I haven't seen it work yet. That's the okay. Only okay. If I'm going with my heart, I'm putting Lakers. Kobe, we'll, we'll take it out of his check later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, ben wait, moment, man. We're ben pay for this? <laughs> <laughs> we should be. Anthony's guys doing homework now. <laughs> for real. Jeez. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would actually put Phoenix over Golden State because I just don't – I haven't seen them, uh, Golden State, back in full force yet. So I'd like to see them before I would actually put out a ranking. I know this is a pre – preseason ranking and all that but that's just my opinion okay okay yeah i mean i i i, I get i think i think you know bleach reporters is throwing that out there sort of like you said billy uh to you know get get a little bit of a rise but also it's it's your what what you've seen instantly right you get that instant instant uh, gratification what have you done for me lately and like you said the bucks just won so they're you know, everybody's really, you know, hyped on what Drew Holiday did and so forth. So I, I see why they did it. But I think unanimously, of course, we all say the Nets big three is number one. 
I would put the Lakers big three number two. I just think there's too much star power there. Um, I actually would consider putting um, Miami's big three at number three. Mm. Just because uh, I just think, I mean, Lowry, just like Giannis is a winner, Butler and, and Bam to me is just as, is just as, you know, capable of a, a third, you know, Those third dogs right there. Those third person dogs, Lowry, Butler. as, as Middleton or, or holiday, I would put the bucks at four and then I would probably put uh, Phoenix's big three at five. Wow. I, I, I can't put Golden State because I just to me Draymond, I just I can't I can't put him as a, I can't put a guy in the, in the big three that gives you two points a night, you know I, I just I just think you gotta have you gotta do more than just play defense. Plus, like you said, I, I want to see how healthy Clay is, but there's lots you know there's there's other teams that you know you could potentially you know put into that mix, but. I think for the most part, Bleacher Report was kind of right. Like, like we all said, we would just flip a, a couple of things. But it, it's it's food for thought. It's interesting conversation. Uh, okay, one more topic here. Let's throw in real quick. Um, as, as as there's so much change in free agency uh, over the last uh, you know month here, a lot of teams got better, particularly some of the you know younger or lower tiered teams in the East. So I want to get your quick opinion here. Who do you think? now in the Eastern Conference has the better roster, the Bulls, the Wizards, or the Knicks. These are three teams that are all going to be considered now to be legit playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. I personally, looking, I was looking at the rosters today, I, I personally like the Bulls. Um, and Kobe's going to say Bulls no matter what, just because his boy was over there. <laughs> Triple his B. big baller, yeah. We won't get into that. But anyway, um, overall, I do like the Bulls. I think I like the Bulls roster uh, the best out of all of them. Um, The Knicks, we know what they have. Uh, They threw in Kemba, you know, if he's healthy, and they threw in Fournier. Um, So they got to, you know, figure out how they're going to mix them in there with the team they got. But, uh, yeah, the Knicks will be up there. I don't I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like what they did in the playoffs, so I don't know if that's going to be a bad thing for them coming into the season, or if it's going to be a more of a motivator coming into the season. Because we all know Julius didn't perform up to par in the playoffs, um, but maybe these guys coming in can help them with that, help them get it together for playoff time. But you know, like I said, time will tell. Washington's still Washington. I, I don't know. I mean, Beal, Beal can carry them so so far. I mean, Kuzma, they got Kuzma now. We'll see what he does, not in a big market area. And uh, we already know what KCP and and Harold bring to the table. So we'll see how they mix them in with uh, Beal. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm still not too high on uh, – oh, they got Dinwiddie too. If Dinwiddie comes back mm-hmm. uh, super healthy, he could be a big piece with Beal in there. But I still see him, you know – the bottom of the chain bear uh, fighting for a spot. I don't see them up in the top five. They're going to be fighting for like a seven, eight seed. Okay. I think okay. the bulls will be able there in the top five, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's high praise. Uh, Kobe, what do you think? 
Okay, well, I'm looking at the question. With all the movement and free agency, which young roster is now better? So if I'm looking at that and just that, I'm, I'm going with the Bulls and for more than Lonzo because let's just look at who the best player was that was acquired on all three of those teams. It was DeMar DeRozan. Yep. Um, and he went to the Bulls and therefore, you know, I mean, Kemba, Kemba's a great player too, but he's been injured, didn't have great success uh, with Boston. Um, he'd probably be the second best player of those guys. Dinwiddie's a guy that has been good, but he's been, you know, injured this past season. Um, Wizards got Kuz, KCP, and Trez. I mean, good role players, but ultimately, I think that with Lonzo, DeRozan, Caruso, Zach Levine, um, those guys, I think, are the the clear winners and the favorites to, uh, you know, be the better of those three teams. The Rosen, okay. the Rosen. I think that's the biggest piece that they picked up. He's going to yeah. be okay. that team. Um, Busevich, no. of course, for the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Obviously, they they already have some you know, some good players there, and I think when when I look at it, roster, I really I agree with you guys. I think that you know the Bulls are sort of the sexy pick because they got Lonzo, they got DeRozan, they got Levine, they got Vucevic. That's a nice four. But I do really like what the Wizards did. I actually think their roster, top to bottom, is probably the best because they brought in Dimwitty. You know, they did add Kuz, Trez, KCP, um, but they also drafted Corey Kisbert, you know, who's going to be, I think, a nice uh, piece, a good shooter. They still got your boy, you know, Ryu, um, Thomas Bryant's there. I think their roster from top to bottom is really nice. And I like what the Knicks did because I think Kemba's a winner and he's maybe going to be that piece that they didn't have last year. Uh, They kept Derrick Rose. I mean, I still think that, um, the sexy pick is probably the Bulls, but I actually think the Wizards might surprise some people and, you know, be a legit playoff team. I think the East is going to be really interesting after the top three or four teams. There's going to be a battle between the Bulls, the Wizards, the Knicks, the Celtics. It's going to be interesting to really see how they battle it out because they're, they're all really comparable and oh. I would expect the Bulls to make the playoffs for the first time in a while. I don't know if they're a top four seed, but I could see them, you know, five to seven range. But I, but I think the Wizards are going to be right there as well. Billy, so, Billy, Billy, so hold wait, on, wait. hold on, Billy, hold on, hold on. Ah, oh, you're going to beat me to it. I know it. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You go ahead. So last year, Anthony's cursing out Harold, Kuzma, <laughs> and KCP. All of a sudden, they go to Washington, and Washington has this great roster. Okay, first of all, <laughs> first of all, I like Trez. You know, I like Trez, but I'm talking about the roster top to bottom. I the I like the Bulls top. They're top heavy, but they thin out once you get to the bench. Once you get past Caruso, what are you looking at there? So, you know, the Knicks. Same thing with the Knicks is they got a few pieces, but they thin out after you know seven or eight guys at least the wizards have a potential 10 man rotation with some real depth where you're throwing guys like Kuzma, where you're throwing, uh, you know, guys like the the rookie Kisbert, Thomas Bryant, and uh, you know, they got Aaron holiday. I mean, they've got some depth. So that's my point. That's my, I was, I was, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't going to get on you about that. Um, I was just going to tell you, Billy, you need to come get your boy. Cause this guy said, 
Ryu, referring to Rui Hachimura. <laughs> I said Ryu. Come on, bro. Are you going to get these names right or what? What are we doing here? Oh, <laughs> man. I'd, li- I'd like to tell you that I do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay. Okay. Well, that, like I said, this, this, these are, you know, things we can debate, uh, you know, all night long for sure. Uh, but we want to, you know, we want to keep it root, you know, keep it moving here, uh, bring you guys, you know, obviously good Laker stuff, good NBA stuff every single week. And, uh, the topics that we think are good or topics that are, you know, hot and being talked about a lot, um, you know, from the weeks to, to come. So that's going to, you know, kind of be what we want to, we want to keep, uh, you know, flowing for you guys and hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, now we want to throw a new little segment here in the wrap where we want to drop, uh, something a little different some other sports information, some things that are hot uh, or upcoming uh, events or things that we want to talk about pertaining to, you know, some of the other key sports. Uh, this week in the wrap, we want to talk about the upcoming Manny Pacquiao fight. We're going to throw that to our boxing extraordinaire, Kobe, to uh, <laughs> take it away. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like Anthony said, we want to uh, touch on, um, you know, some other key things going on in sports and you know we'll cover the main ones we won't we won't dig too deep on you know each sport but I thought it would be fun to jump into a little bit of boxing um tonight uh I'm sure there's plenty of Laker fans out there that are also boxing fans um Manny Pacquiao is is a you know is a Laker fan he was friends with Kobe um so you know it'd be fun to cover uh you know what's going on this this weekend so um, LA, as we know, is a big boxing city. Many a big fights have taken place at the Staples Center. So yeah, just figure we jump into that. Um, the fight will be this upcoming Saturday night. It'll be live from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. You can catch it on Fox Sports pay-per-view. Um, you'll see 42-year-old Manny Pacquiao. Yes, 42-year-old Manny Pacquiao stepping in the ring with 35-year-old WBA welterweight super champion Jordanus Ugas. Um should be could a you, fun could fight. Could you spell that for the listeners? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, don't worry. I I got it I got it uh enunciated mm-hmm. properly. Jordanus Ugas. Should <laughs> should be a fun fight to watch um despite Ugas not being really a, a well-known household name. Um Manny Pacquiao is the sport of boxing's only eight division world titleist, uh, only man to do that in uh, boxing history. He's currently the number three ranked welterweight in the world, according to Ring Magazine, um, a, a good favorite publication that uh, a lot of uh, boxing fans check out and, and uh, stay up to date on. Um, obviously, at this point, most people know that Ugas is a late replacement for the number one ranked welterweight and current IBF and WBC champ Errol Spence Jr., who had to pull out of the fight uh, a few days ago due to a torn retina in his eye. Um, so that is really uh, sucky. Uh, we wish him all the best and a speedy recovery. Um, that was set to be the biggest fight of the year. Uh, so. But even though the making of Pacquiao and Ugas kind of happened by chance, it was also um, not really that far off from being a realistic matchup. Um, There was a couple crazy things that ultimately happened that led to this fight being made. Uh, So I'll go over those few things right now. Anthony, you ready? You still following along? You good? Yep. Keep keep it quick. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it quick. Oh, man. Okay, so we're going back two years in time. Don't worry. I'm going to keep it quick, though. Uh, Manny Pacquiao has not fought in two years. He last fought Keith 
Thurman, Keith one-time Thurman, which was an impressive feat in itself. Um, He he ended up outpointing Thurman. Uh, Thurman was supposed to retire Manny Pacquiao. Uh, Thurman was undefeated. He was the uh, WBA super champion, and he was one of the top welterweights at the time. And uh, Manny Pacquiao, 40 years old, made it look pretty easy, pretty easy work for him. I was impressed, honestly. But then this past January, the WBA stripped Manny Pacquiao of that belt that he won from uh, Keith Thurman due to inactivity. And Ugas was recently elevated to super champion after picking up the WBA regular belt. You guys confused yet? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Lost the belt because he got logged out of his computer? He what? He lost the belt because he got logged out of his computer <laughs> for inactivity? Pretty pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. And and uh, your boy Manny, he's pissed about that because he's like, you know, they, they took that belt from me. The only way you should be able to take a belt is in the ring. Uh, and that's true. But at the same time, WBA, they have like three belts per division. It's like kind of crazy. You know, the other the other uh, sanctioning bodies don't have that many belts uh, per division. So uh, it's it's kind of kind of like a whatever belt anyways. But still, like you win that belt, you want to keep that belt. So essentially, if Manny Pacquiao beats Ugas this Saturday, he will not only break his own record and become the oldest welterweight champion in history, but he'll be getting his belt back that was taken from him by the WBA, basically. So, okay. but. But here is here is another crazy twist because this this fight has more twists than an M Night Shyamalan movie uh, has. You know who that is, Anthony? You know M Night yes. Shyamalan? Uh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 yes, I feel the sixth sense. Bring it on. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, this has twists after twists. So Ugas was actually co-main event, anyways, on the Pacquiao Spence fight that was going to happen on the card. He was training to fight Fabian Maidana, who's the younger brother of uh, Marcos Maidana, former champ as well. But he also suffered an eye injury and had to pull out of his fight as well. So you got Spence and Maidana both injuries, leaving Pacquiao and Ugas with, without dance partners for the night, basically. They're on the same card, on the same night, in the same weight class. That, like, never happens. And now this extra little drama with the belt situation makes it seem like it was almost destiny for these two guys to fight on Saturday night. So with, without these lucky coincidences, this fight probably would have just been canceled, but uh, they have now labeled it. The show must go on. So fitting um, a lot of times when guys step in though, on short notice, like Ugas did, um, they sometimes haven't fought in a while. They, they might have only had a week or two of training. Most of these guys train like eight weeks or more for a fight, but both Ugas and Pacquiao were already training for the fight on Saturday to fight their respective guys. So we shouldn't really see any major surprises with the exception of both fighters now having to fight uh, fighters with different stances than they were trained for. Like Manny was training to fight a Southpaw and now he'll be fighting an Orthodox fighter and same for Ugas. He was training to fight an Orthodox fighter, but now he's going to be fighting a Southpaw Manny Pacquiao. So it'll be interesting to see how this fight plays out. Although Manny is 42 years old, Ugas himself is 35. He's likely in the back end of his career as well um he has 26 wins four losses uh ugas is the number five ranked welterweight according to ring magazine although he was on sean porter's head and was trying to you know knock him out he doesn't really have great knockout power um in his 26 fights he's only knocked out 12 guys um and then all of his losses have gone the distance so uh, I'll be scoring the fight. I like to score. Um, I do it for fun. My prediction is that the fight will go the distance, likely. You know, nothing is ever guaranteed, but... Okay. And uh, the winner I, will be... What's that? And the winner will be... And the winner will be Manny Pacquiao by a close decision. I see it being like maybe 115, 113. 
somewhere in that range, maybe 116, 112. Um, but people will probably expect Manny to, to demolish this guy or win by a wide margin or even knock him out. But I don't see that really happening, just in, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying there can't be an upset. If there is, we might just have to go on an emergency pod. You never know. Okay, but, okay. Uh, winning a close decision like that to a relatively lesser name may prompt Manny to retire and go out on top as a champion, or he may wait and see if he can get that Spence fight later in the year, maybe November, December. Manny likes to fight in that time frame, so um, and then retire then. Not too sure. Pacquiao is getting ready to run for president, actually, of the Philippines next May, so likely at the end of this year, it, it'll probably be it. Um, but we'll see at the end of the day, we're watching a living legend in one of his possible final fights and, uh, it'll definitely be worth checking out. Interesting fun fact to close this out, Billy SummerSlam is same night up the street at Allegiant stadium there at the Ra- Raider stadium. Uh, yes, sir. so, uh, but I won't be watching SummerSlam. I'll be watching the fight. So. All right. Yeah. It's strange that they were put on the same night and normally, you know, all the pay-per-views are on Sundays and they did yeah. on Saturday this one i'm not sure the exact reason why they did that um i'm not sure if i'll be watching summertime that night but possibly possibly sunday i know my daughter is really excited for us so we'll see what happens um yeah, yeah. i mean summertime's got lashley and goldberg and then uh john cena roman reigns i mean those are probably the only two notable ones i would be interested in checking out but uh yeah I'll probably catch that sunday edge and rollins should be good um i think those that would be a good matchup yeah, I mean, Gold, I don't know why they keep bringing back Goldberg. I mean, it's it's good. The fans like him and everything, but, you know, Jack Hammer Spear, Jack Hammer Spear, Spear Spear, you're going to see like two or three moves like the whole match. It's not going to be anything crazy. Um, Cena, he'll do his stuff. I don't know. That might be a little more, little more stuff going on in that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm kind of excited for it. I'm, just I don't know some of the matches I'm like and eh, Drew McIntyre and Jinder should be pretty good, uh, the Usos and Dominic and Ray that should be decent. Um, Edge and Rollins I think looks like the most um, exciting one out of all of them, but yeah I mean you never know there's always twists and turns in these so we'll see how it goes. Yeah it it'll be cool just to see what that two billion dollar stadium looks like you know I mean I I mean I haven't seen it yet so it's a nice Raider, stadium I mean it you know yeah. it, 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 yeah, my it's a fraction of big. what the Ram Stadium cost at six point five billion. But hey, <laughs> two bill, not bad. <laughs> now my buddy oh. said that stadium is awesome. It's amazing in there, and it looks great. I mean, he sent me some videos and stuff. It looks really cool in there. It'll be fun. It'll be fun though. Fun weekend of uh, of sports and sports entertainment, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. And finally, yeah. some fans at these. Finally, get to have some fans at these events too. So uh, that makes it even more better. Yeah, yeah, it should definitely be fun. And, you know, hopefully uh, your predictions come true. If not, of course, feel free to hammer hey, don't, Kobe. Don't make no bet. On... Don't make no, don't make no bets based on what I say. You know, I'm just saying. Oh, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are not. <laughs> we are not uh, providing anybody expert uh, opinion when it comes to gambling. But yeah. if Kobe's <laughs> wrong, go. please Disclaimer. feel free. Hit him up on our Instagram, please. <laughs> At Matters Stats Podcast. Let's go. All right. With that, I think we're going to wrap it. Uh, Uh, Yeah, we thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week on another episode of the Matter of Stats podcast.